Please listen carefully. Hello, and welcome to Caveat Realtor with Virginia Realtors, where we discuss the real issues that realtors face. I'm Kate Orslan. And I'm Laura Farley. Remember, Caveat Realtor is meant to provide general legal information. The information, forms, and laws referenced in this episode are accurate as of the date this episode is first released. Nothing we discuss should be considered as legal representation or legal advice. Hi, Kate. Hey, Laura. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm here. I had a really great hotline call earlier today, which applies in this episode. Wild. It had to do with property owners associations and um, the fact pattern that we were talking about. The agent decided to go a little crazy and said, you know, what if the association requires the owner to paint the mailbox hot pink and the buyer doesn't want a hot pink mailbox? What do we do? Terminate. Well, depends on where you are on the process, but yeah, I just, <laughs> I thought it was interesting that, that her example had to go to a hot pink mailbox of all the things to go to. I wouldn't hate a hot pink mailbox if I'm being honest. Just saying. Oh, okay. <laughs> to each his own. Right. I mean, just, just saying. Kind of fun. Yeah. So way back in the early days of your favorite real estate podcast, which just to be clear, that's this podcast. Yes. This one. We dedicated an episode to property owners associations, AKA POAs. That's right. We're looking at you episode five. You believe it. We're on episode like 165 now. Yikes. That's crazy to me. Like a whole 160 episodes ago. I know. Yeah. And so we have covered POAs in some other episodes. Don't take that to mean we haven't talked about POAs since episode five, but um, we've looked at them discussing road maintenance agreements or various new laws over the years. But we're here to get you reacquainted or, dare I say, reassociated with these property owners associations. I think you dare. I I dared. Okay, so it all starts with a declaration. Must be said with an explanation point. (laughs) (laughs) I do declare. (laughs) The POA Act applies to development subject to a declaration originally recorded after January 1st of 1959. So let's break that down, Kate. Right, because it's a lot of words. A development is defined as real property that has lots that are residential or recreational and has common areas where owners of the lots by virtue of their ownership are members of an association and obligated to pay assessments provided for in a declaration. A declaration is an instrument that imposes on that association maintenance or operational responsibilities for the common area or creates authority in the association to impose mandatory payments on the owners of the lots for the benefit of the lots, owners or occupants of the lots, or the common area. If a POA has not been active, which sometimes happens, it can be difficult to determine whether a property is subject to the POA Act. If your client indicates that their property may be part of a POA, but maybe they're not sure, then you need to tell them to find out by looking at the deed to their property or seeking legal advice. And just to be really clear, there needs to be a declaration recorded after January 1st, 1959, and it has to either do one of two things. First, 
it has to one impose maintenance or operational responsibilities on the association or two provide the authority for the association to collect fees for maintenance if it doesn't meet those requirements then the property may be part of some other type of community association but doesn't trigger those responsibilities under the poa act so it's it's possible to have some type of other association but just it's not technically a poa right and if it's not technically a poa that means it's not subject to the poa act and then you don't have to do all the things that we're about to talk about all right so typically the developer initiates this process and then transfers control to the members or property owners those property owners are bound by the rules and regulations adopted by the association because of these obligations when owners go to sell their properties they must provide notice to the buyer in the contract that the property is located in a poa and then provide a copy of the packet to the buyer in this notice, the buyer is advised that he or she has a right to terminate the contract after this packet has been received, or the buyer has received notice that the packet is not available. Now, failure to disclose that a property is located in a POA allows the buyer to cancel the contract up to the settlement date. Um, and for the buyer, the termination right is important because the buyer will be bound by the rules and regulations of the POA even if he or she does not receive the packet or only receives part of the packet. So you're getting that hot pink mailbox whether you want it or not. It does, yeah. Notice or no notice, you're, you're in there. The association must provide the disclosure packet within 14 days after receiving a written request from the seller. And that's 14 calendar days, not 14 business days. There are 19 items that must be included in the disclosure packet. But oftentimes the disclosure packet does not contain all of those. Right. And some of the items in the disclosure packet are as minor as the name of the association. Right? That's one of the 19. But others are more involved, such as a copy of the association's current budget, or some of them are just more important for buyers to know, such as notice of any expenditure that requires an extra assessment or also kind of a fee to the POA members and current or pending rule or architectural violations for the property in question. So it's really important for agents to help their buyer clients understand what is and is not in the disclosure packet that they receive to help the clients know what information is missing and for the buyers to understand their potential financial liabilities to the POA. You do not wanna provide legal advice, unless you're a lawyer, then I guess go right ahead. But if you're not, please don't but you can show the client what is or is not provided versus what is or should be provided. And when the buyer receives any portion of the disclosure packet or is informed that the disclosure packet is unavailable, that triggers the buyer's right to terminate the contract. The buyer has a three-day right of rescission and parties may now agree in writing to extend that deadline for an additional four days the parties may not shorten the deadline. And Kate, there's one other thing that I have now heard from two different people. Um, one of them was an attorney, and that is the additional four days have to be consecutive to the three that were there originally. You can't have your original three days and then like re resurrect and have a zombie right to terminate six weeks later. It's your choice is three days, four days, five days, six days, seven days, all in a row from when the packet is received. So that's an interesting, Hey, our, mem our members are nothing if not creative. We get some, yeah. Creative legal hotline questions. So on that note, 
Yeah. Shall we go? Yeah, that's a great segue to take it to the legal hotline. <laughs> you're, you're great at segues, Kate. So, Kate, there are some violations noted in the packet. Doesn't the owner have to repair these before closing? This is a question we've seen several times on the hotline, and the answer would be a solid, it depends. Woohoo! Was it negotiated in the contract? If there was nothing requiring the owner to provide the property with a clean report from the POA and you've already negotiated the home inspection contingency removal, if there was a home inspection contingency, then it's possible that the seller would not need to make the repairs. Okay. However, if the POA has placed a lien on the property due to the violations, then it becomes a title issue. You want to review the title section of your contract in the Virginia Realtors contract, the seller is required to convey the property free of all liens and is obligated to take action or the purchaser has the right to terminate the contract. Laura, how would do you calculate the timeline for termination? So under the POA Act, the buyer has three days by right to terminate the contract. This cannot be shortened, as you already said, but it can be extended for up to an additional four days as of July 1st, 2020. The day that the packet is delivered is considered day zero. So the next day is day one and so on and so forth. And again, these are calendar days, not 24 hour periods and not business days. On the final day of the termination period, let's assume that the parties did not extend it. Then the buyer would have until 11.59 p.m. on day three to terminate the contract. All right, Kate. Does the right of termination begin when the buyer's agent receives the documents or when the buyer receives them? Once again, it depends. We love it. Yeah. Did the contract name the purchaser's agent as an authorized recipient of the POA documents? Don't you love when I answer a question with a question? It's the best. If it did, if it named that agent as an authorized recipient, then it would start running when the buyer's agent receives them. If, however, the agent was not listed as an authorized recipient, then it would start when the buyer or any other authorized recipient receives the documents. It's also important to note that there's no acknowledgement of receipt that's required, just delivery. So for agents, this means it's important to advise your client on when to expect the documents and keep an eye out for them. All right, let's talk about a couple ways that you can limit your risk. So first, read the contract, always read the contract, and know what the parties agreed to for timelines related to the termination right. This is especially important with the 2020 update allowing for the parties to agree to an extension in writing in the contract or addendum. Know that delivery of a partial packet triggers that clock for the right of precision. But remember, the parties can agree to an extension of that deadline in writing. Finally, make sure your buyer client carefully reviews the packet and understands their obligations under the POA. Have them seek legal advice if they do not understand something in the POA. Caveat Realtor is a weekly podcast with episodes released every Tuesday. Our podcast is available for streaming through iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Play. Subscribe to our podcast to get automatic updates when we have new episodes and rate us. Remember, members of Virginia Realtors have access to our legal hotline where we can provide you with legal information. You can access the legal hotline on the Virginia Realtors website under the legal tab on the four members section. Make sure you are logged in to see this page. Thanks.
Although the members of this podcast are attorneys, the legal information in this program is not a substitute for personalized legal advice from an attorney licensed to practice in your jurisdiction. The information provided by Virginia Realtors is general reference work as a public service and does not constitute solicitation or provision of legal advice. We provide this general legal information on an as-is, it-depends basis. We make no warranties and disclaim liability for damages resulting from its use. Legal advice must be tailored to the specific circumstances of each case, and laws are constantly changing. The information provided in this program should not be used as a substitute for the advice of competent counsel. This has been a production of Virginia Realtors, copyright 2020. This podcast features the song, Please Listen Carefully by Jazar, available under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike License.